Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. Hey, so it's been a couple episodes since I popped in and said hi. Wanted to give you a couple updates. We just hit 15,000 downloads, which is really, you guys, incredible. Thank you. Welcome to all of our listeners. Welcome to everybody who stumbled upon this somehow and made it this far. I really appreciate it. This is a special bonus episode a lot of you have been asking for. And so I'm excited to share it with you. Um, I also wanted to say thank you to everybody who's been donating on the Buy Me a Coffee website and subscribing to the podcast. Um, I really appreciate the support. It helps so much more than you know. Um, It allows me to be able to continuously create new content for you guys and have new episodes up, which right now I'm doing at least two episodes a week, which is a lot of work. (laughs) So I really do appreciate all the extra help. Um, I appreciate all the shares, telling friends about it, getting the word out. I appreciate all the emails that you guys have been sending me, all the comments and the constructive criticism. It's great. I really appreciate all of your guys' support. It means a lot. It absolutely means so much more than you'll ever know. So enjoy this bonus episode. We had a great time recording it, and I hope you get some value out of it. Enjoy. Okay, so this is a fun episode because so many of you have been asking me to do this one. And so I just decided, hey, let me drop an email and and see what's up. So I'm here talking with my friend Josie. Um, Many of you probably know her as not the good girl on YouTube, but I'm going to let her explain who she is and what she does. Josie. Hi, thanks for having me again. I love talking with you. Well, I guess well, you interviewed me on somebody else's podcast and I had you on my channel, but this is my first time on your podcast. So I'm super excited. I was in multi-level marketing for almost six years. I was in the top 1% of, I like to say two and a half different companies. Um, and you know, the first two, two and a half years of my time in MLM, I thought I had found the golden ticket. I thought I was truly helping change women's lives. I was so proud of the work I was doing, which now just I'm mortified (laughs) even still, but you know, I didn't, I didn't realize what I was getting into. And when I started to wake up from the illusion of it all, um, I'd already quit my job as a hairstylist and was doing MLM full time. And I woke up and I began realizing slowly that what I had been promoting for so long was a lie. And I walked away from the industry as a shell of the person I once was. I left feeling depressed. I left uh, and I got cyber bullied. I got shunned by all these people I thought were my friends. And I kept trying to move on and just get my life back on course. And I couldn't, I just felt, I I didn't even know how to explain it, what was happening to me until I found Stephen Hassan's book, Combating Cult Mind Control. 
And I realized that these things are called commercial cults for a reason. And all of a sudden, everything made sense why I felt the way I did and why I felt like I couldn't get my life back on track. (laughs) We had been in a cult. (laughs) And it wasn't until I saw you, Roberta, on the Vice documentary that something kind of like woke up in me because I was still super depressed. My doctor diagnosed me with depression. Um, Anytime I would get a message on social media back when I had it and it was like a, Hey girl, you'd be great for my team. And I just, I wanted to warn them, uh, you know, cause I'm like, no, no, I did this. Don't do it. It's not real. Um, I would get like, my chest would get hot. My hands would get clammy. I would get like this flash of anger. I'd get so angry and it was like PTSD symptoms. And then I saw you on the vice documentary about LuLaRoe. And you resonated with me because you were also in the top 1% and which I was very ashamed about being in the top 1%. And I saw you and you were crying in the documentary because you, you went through the same things with the bullying, the losing all these close friends. And then you were also like, but I'm going to take them down. I'm not going to stay silent. And I was like, yes, bitch. Yes. I hear you. (laughs) And like the fighter in me recognized the fighter in you. And I was like, yes. And then, you know, I started being a little bit more vocal in the anti-MLM groups I was a part of. And then the pandemic happened and I saw all these vulnerable men and women being preyed on. And I just couldn't stay silent anymore. Even though at the time when I had social media, I had a following of over like 12,000. And a lot of those people were MLM. I just was like, I have to speak out and I know everyone's going to hate me. And I know people are going to think I'm a bitter negative person, but if that makes me not a good girl, that's fine. That, that is what it is. And so I came out with my first anti-MLM video last May of 2020. And here we are. Wow. (laughs) Isn't it like just the craziest thing? Like, yeah, this movement is like an avalanche, like one tiny little snowflake. And it was like, boom, like it's, it's crazy. (laughs) And I can't even tell you how many people, um, say that I hate to call it my video or anything. I I literally have no, I I, I didn't get anything from that other than exposure, but really great exposure. So thank you vice. Um, (laughs) but you know, like people are like, Oh, you're the reason I'm anti MLM or your video. And every single time I'm like, really me? What? And I have people going, you're, you're almost at 5 million views now. And I was like, man, I wish I got a penny per view because (laughs) I could really use that money right now. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's all good because you help people like me. You helped so many people. And what's, yeah, it's great because you're going to still keep helping people in the future because of that, that one single video. And now you have this podcast. Yeah. And you know, I think the other day, um, it was on Snapchat stories and a friend of mine was like, look whose face I saw on Snapchat. And it's like me, but it's the worst angle. And I look like a potato head. And I was like, oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then I had an influx of followers and I was like, where are all these people coming from? And I was like, oh, I bet it's Snapchat. Oh, like an influx of like follows on Facebook and an influx of new listeners on the podcast and an influx of new people on my Instagram. And I'm just like, wow, this is incredible. I know we're Um, already going off track at the beginning, but tell me how, like, how you feel about social media, because for me, I deleted or deactivated all my accounts last September. Um, I think I might go like a full year without it, but after having made social media, my life to promote MLM and I completely overshared and just overexposed my entire life. I just, 
like I'm sick of it. And I kind of, sometimes I, I wish I had like Instagram or something so that I could share things, but then I, I don't know. People are so angry online too. Like you can't say anything without people jumping down your throat. So I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm good without it for right now. I'll just do YouTube. What are your thoughts on social media? You know, I love how this turned into an interview for me on my podcast. <laughs> uh, no, I'm totally joking. Um, I love talking to you and you can interview me and I'll interview you at the same time. Um, you know, I treat social media very different. Like I have different accounts for different things. So mm. I have like my own personal Instagram, um, that I post like our daily stuff on and like my real friends follow that. And I follow my real friends on that. Um, I've gotten away from following my quote unquote real friends on my anti MLM pages, though they mm. still follow me, which is great. Um, I keep it very com- compartmentalized. And I okay. think that's what helps me. Um, like I just, I got a TikTok like a year ago and I never made anti MLM content. It was literally just for my, my daughter and I to do funny dances and be silly. Um, and I just recently started making anti MLM videos and they're funny and it's fun. And it's like a, like a, a way, um, like I call it like therapy. Like if I'm feeling, you know, I don't hun shame. Um, I do like to sort of poke fun of the stereotypes, um, but not necessarily the actual person, but just sort of the the conglomeration of Huns. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's about as mean as I get. Um, (laughs) I'm definitely more like on the educational side, like you are, uh, I try not to argue with people like Robert Fitzpatrick says, there's just not enough hours in the day to argue with somebody who's like not willing to, to listen. So I I learned that. And I was like, I'm not even going to fight with people. Like they can, I can, okay. That's not an opinion, but okay. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's the comp, the compartmentalizing that has allowed me to survive. <laughs> um, but a lot of times I do, I see the, the anti MLM, like Facebook groups that are just filled with like vile vitriol. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just not going to check this group for a while. And I'll maybe like take it off my feed or, um, I'll leave the group for a while because sometimes those people like, and I get it, you know, you and I both were there, like there, mm-hmm. this level of grief, when you come out of these cults, mm-hmm. In the, in the process, like anger is definitely one of those emotions you feel. And I felt angry at myself for being so stupid and angry at myself for believing lies and angry at my company for telling me lies and angry at everybody. And there was definitely a time. And, and I believe most of the comments I made are in a group that no longer exists. So thank goodness, because screenshots <laughs> live forever. And I was very angry four years ago. Yeah. Um, Understandable. But yeah, I mean, I think that's how I handle it. And, you know, there. I talk to who I want to talk to and I have so many messages all the time. And I'm like, I just don't have the energy and the bandwidth to talk to you today. So I'm just going to deal with you tomorrow. And I just don't check the message until I know that I can check it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also been a really great way to connect with people. For sure. For me, it's like, I think, I think um, putting the phone down and stepping away every now and then is definitely very helpful. I don't know if I could do it for a whole year though. You, I commend you on that. It's interesting. It kind of, I told my husband, I was like, it feels like the nineties again. <laughs> totally. I love it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like if you want to talk to somebody, you have to like, like log into AOL. You can't just <laughs> pick up your phone. Yahoo messenger. <laughs> so for those of you, for those of the people that are listening that don't know you, can you tell us just a little bit about where you were like emotionally and what vulnerabilities like you had when MLM came knocking and when you decided, Hey, this might work for me. 
Yeah. When MLM came knocking, I was working full-time as a hairstylist. I was booked six months ahead. I no longer took new clients. Uh, so by everybody's you know, view, I was successful, but I have a whiplash injury, which is why I don't do hair any longer because that repetitive motion is just so painful. And that was around the time I had just that year, 2013, I had started seeking treatment for my whiplash injury. So I was having to go to a chiropractor three times a week. I was also having to go to physical therapy three times a week. And the medical debt was piling up. And I was a single woman paying $500 a month for my own private health care. You know, I was like, what am I going to do? Because I can't take more clients. I don't know what's going on. I didn't know what multi-level marketing was, but I had heard of pyramid schemes. And I was in a runner's group the year before. And so I was still friends with all these people on Facebook and they started hawking all these like fitness programs and this health shake. And they had like the big open mouth smile, like holding the product right next to their face. (laughs) And I just was like, y'all are making me so mad. Like, (laughs) I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed, but that was back in 2013 and Facebook didn't give you the option to even hide people then. So I just like was constantly seeing it. And, you know, I knew I didn't want anything to do with what they were doing because it just was so spammy and salesy to me. But then I was looking for a healthy protein shake. And so I reached out to a girl from the group um, and I, I didn't end up joining under her, but I did order a bag under her and she was like, she was not spammy. That's why I felt comfortable reaching out to her. Um, but I can tell you when I did decide to join my first company, I had found the woman who was the number one earner in the company. And she had radically changed her life, earning millions a year. Her story sold me. And honestly, I was just kind of like, well, you know, I'll try it for a year and see how it goes. I already, I'd already used the product for a few months and I wanted the discount. And I said, you know, if I could make an extra $500 a month, that would significantly help. And, you know, it's sad that the, the need for an extra $500 a month landed me in a complete shit storm. And I, you know, which I also was, I'm not just a victim. I was also a perpetrator. I recruited a lot of women, which I regret, but I will say, so it was financial for me. And it was also, I was missing community. Um, I loved that self-help, rah, rah, like, let me cheer you on. You can do anything mentality, sisterhood. The, sisterhood. the sisterhood. And I, you know, you don't have that in your normal, most people don't have that in their normal life. Well, and they usually don't have it because it's not real. If you think about it, you know, like <laughs> I still today, yeah. even having been out for two years, I still today have to tell myself when I, cause I, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I still am like getting over everything I experienced. And oh my God. Yes. <sighs> like every day. Okay. So yeah. I just recently yeah. moved out. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going through a separation and, and we might, so my best friend came over and we're packing stuff up and like, we found so much stuff that had like fallen behind desks. I found like LuLaRoe <laughs> shopping bags. And I was like, what? And she picks them up and she goes, what are these? And I'm like, oh my God, like, yeah. they're still here. Yeah. Yes. Like even, even though I'm like, okay, MLM is not really part of my, my daily I still see it. I still look totally. in the closet and go, Oh my God, that's a little row shirt. Uh, or right. look at 
or the shake in the cupboard or the protein, whatever that you have or the, oh, yeah. so yes, for, I completely feel that. Yeah. For me, it's a lot of it's mental and emotional too, because like for one, I, the last company I was in was a skincare and cosmetics company. And I, you know, I'm, I don't believe in like wasting stuff just because you don't like the brand. So I was like, okay, I have all this product. I'm going to use it up. So I randomly will find things like that, like you. Uh, but I miss those friendships I had in my first company where I felt so close to those women on my team. And I mean, we became so bonded, but I constantly, even to this day, have to remind myself it wasn't real. It was a facade. It's like, it's it like conditional. Right. It's like meeting friends at summer camp, like at sleepaway camp. And oh my God, we're best friends. We sleep in the Forever. same bed. And then you never see them again. <laughs> or like a sorority where like, it's so amazing for the four years I'm in the sorority. And then I graduate and like, I don't really ever see you again. Yeah. It's that sort of thing. Um, Except it feels like worse. Forever. It feels worse because you're older now and you're an adult yeah, and you have like... bills and taxes and you, and you, you know, life gets messy. And then you, you meet these people's families, you meet their kids, you meet their spouses and you think like, yes. wow, I have made lifelong friendships. And, oh. Yes. You really do feel that way. Like you get to know yeah. their kids and your kids play with their kids and you have play dates in the backyard while, you know, mommy and, and, and me have a nice discussion about what the team training right. is for next week. And right. yeah. And, and to lose all of that, um, it, it's, it's hard. The excommunication is yeah. really bad. Yeah. And even, even if for the ones who didn't block me and cyber bully me, the ones who just don't talk to you anymore, you know, it's just like, it's just as bad. Yeah. You're invisible. And it's like, man, we used to be so close. That's hard. That's hard. However, before anybody gets too depressed, like there's hope, like (laughs) you have a huge, you know, this movement has so many people you can connect with and it's not under false pretenses. It's not under, oh, well, as long as you keep recruiting and you're on my team and yada, yada. You know, I've met more amazing women in anti MLM than I did when I was in MLM. Um, I don't know if it's that catharsis that we all went through the same trauma. So we're like mm-hmm. bonded in a way or what, but I don't know. The it's probably that and that you don't have to. Yeah. And it's probably that and that you don't, we don't have to have that um, air of toxic positivity all the time. Right. There's not like, I love you girl, but how much did you sell today? <laughs> because you're not selling enough because yes. my Lexus payment is due and I haven't hit my qualification and I cannot afford a $357 payment. Right. And like, you know, whoa, wait a second. What? Yeah. In the anti-MLM community, or I guess people don't, I don't know if people want to call it that anywhere, but, but the anti-MLM movement. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, we can bitch and moan together and we can say, yeah, this was a horrible thing. And you don't have somebody being like, stop being so negative. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do not miss the toxic positivity of multi-level marketing. No, no. So when, when you're in and you're the top 1%, like I was, and, and you're killing it and you're going to the conventions and you're a leader and you've got a team and you're getting bonus checks and you're like, oh my God, everybody's right. It works. If you work it, I'm the perfect <laughs> success story. This is incredible. La, 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 la. At what point were you like, wait a second this isn't everything that it looks like. This is a gigantic nightmare. 
Oh boy. Well, in my first company, because I, if somebody wasn't in long enough or deep enough into an MLM, it didn't matter their rank, but if they weren't in long enough or deep enough, they don't really understand that the indoctrination that occurs. So for me, when I started to wake up, which was in my third year, um, it was a very slow waking up. Okay. And it was also, I still believed I'd been so indoctrinated to believe that the multi-level marketing and network marketing was the way. And, you know, so for me, I was like, oh, it's just this company. It's just this company that's bad. I just need to find a company that has their distributor's best interest at heart, <laughs> which doesn't exist. And, you know, I, pe- what people don't realize with sometimes with the, the top 1%, you get to know the CEOs or you get to know people who are close with the CEOs and you start seeing really bad behavior. And we're not just talking greed. We are talking messing with people's livelihood, messing with them emotionally, manipulating them. It's sick. And I remember peeking behind that curtain. And that was what made me leave the first company because the CEO's antics were horrible. Um, but, and, and also right before that happened, that happened in uh, March of 2017. And then let's see, but that summer of 2016, I remember I had just been working nonstop. That's all you do in an MLM if you're working at how they want you to. And I remember being on the phone with my upline because I had hit my quota every month, like I always did. And you get one 15 minute phone call a month with her if you hit your quota. And I remember talking. <laughs> Wait, pause. Wait, what? Yeah. If you hit your quota, she blesses you the opportunity to talk to her for 15 minutes. Yes. She blesses wow. you with holy water and says, okay, sis, what are your goals for next? The month? consecrated <laughs> oil that Ryan talked about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was, yeah. Like in hindsight, she was very much like one of those undercover mean girls, you know, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like diss her because everybody in the system is a victim except the CEO. Right. Right. Yes. You exactly. Know. But this but, is the behavior that the CEOs are like, that's totally normal behavior. And we encourage oh yeah. it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You definitely had to show her that you were worthy of her time. Um, and so I remember on this, this 15 minute phone call telling her, oh, well, what if <laughs> I said, what if I just didn't run, um, but they had, they had something called challenge groups where you ran these fitness groups every month. And so you were training, um, your people in these fitness groups. And I was a certified specialist in fitness and nutrition. Um, a lot of people weren't, but I had, I had done that. I had lost 50 pounds in five sizes at the time, gained it all back. It's all good. Still love myself, but well, you're <laughs> absolutely gorgeous at every single size. And I, Thank you. I just, I, I, have this I just don't want people to think I'm like bragging you. or anything, <laughs> but that's where I was in the first company. And so I would run these groups, but then you're also having to run these, these training groups with your team. You're also having to recruit. You're having to create all this content. You're having to help your team create content. You're constantly having to go live. You're then you're doing cross promotions with other teams and going live in there. OMG. So uh, I remember talking to her and said, what if I just took one month to not run the customer group so I could, um, finish my book. I had got like 35,000 words into my book, which is like halfway. And I wanted to just finish it 
but you know, when you're working nonstop and like taking time for any hobby, they talk about time freedom all the time. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And I just said, you know, what if I just took this one month? And it was like, she didn't hear me. And she kept saying, well, this company has blessed me so much. I made $3.5 billion last year. I don't know where I would be without this company. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been amazing. Like I've made a lot of money. It's been, it's been great. Don't get me wrong. I just like, like, just like one month to just like focus and get this book out. And, you know, and, and she just didn't hear me. She just kept repeating, well, you know, I've just made a lot of money with this company and it's changed my life. And I don't know where I'd be without it. And that was the first thing where I started like waking up, like, wait a minute. So when, at what point do you get to have this freedom that y'all talk about? Because I was a six figure earner. They were seven figure earners. And when I would go to retreats with them, when you were worthy enough to go to one of our little retreats, (laughs) I would see some of the other seven figure earners and everybody was miserable. Everybody. And that scared me. So those were the two things, seeing the other seven figures who were miserable and constantly getting sick and having to go to the hospital. I'm not kidding. Uh, from stress. And then also hearing like, I couldn't even take four weeks to like write my book when I had hit my quota and worked nonstop and without vacation, you know, nonstop for, for three years. It was just crazy to me. I love how she's like, this company has blessed me when in fact, it's all of the people underneath her that she's recruited that has paid her checks. It's not the company. Well, those checks, you know? When you're in a cult, you only give praise to the right. culture and the, and the cult itself, like not, not the people below you. Right. But isn't that crazy? It's like, she's like, it is. the company. And you're like, but it's not the company. Like, if you look at the math, it's not the company that's paying you. I think all. back about how much we all used to just like praise the CEOs. And it's so embarrassing. <laughs> Let me tell you an embarrassing story. I'm going to give you guys some secondhand embarrassment. Um, yes, please. In LuLaRoe. If there was any negative press that came out, and while I was in LuLaRoe, there was a lot. So anytime anything negative came out in the news, and this is before I was even speaking out, Deanne would get really sad, you guys. And LuLaRoe would send out an email. God, I bet I still have these emails. I could find them. Um, and it was like, Deanna's is being, feeling really sad today. If everybody could just make a post on your social media about how much you love Deanne and how much she's blessed your life and use the hashtag because of Deanne or thank Ew. you Deanne or whatever it was, there was always a specific hashtag so she could totally. see them all. And then it was disseminated. And then like my uplines, uplines, upline was like, did you make your appreciation of Deanne post yet? I'm like, oh no, I'm at the grocery store, but I'll do it when I get home. <laughs> and it was like, make sure if you have a picture of you and DM that you share that so that they can see that you know her. And, and I'm just like, why do we have to do this? Like, why do <laughs> I have to feed the narcissist ego? Why do I have to? Yeah. Why do I have to fluff this narcissist? Because somebody made her sad today. And I'm just like, Ugh. that's not my job. See, it becomes a complete, it's so unhealthy, right? Like it's, it's so unhealthy. The personal boundaries that are crossed, it's disgusting. It's what girl, you want to hear some like nasty stuff about CEOs. I don't think I've ever said this in any of my videos or any interviews. So the first CEO of my first company, um, I was at one of these retreats with my upline who was the number one person. And she mentioned how, because, you know, the top 10, they always get all these special fancy trips every year to like Italy and all it's like, it's over the top. It's insane. So she and her husband were at one of these things for the top 10 and the CEO 
asked if she and her husband like wanted to come back to his room because he had a uh, like a hot tub out on the balcony. And they were like, yeah, sure. So they get in the balcony or the hot tub and he, the CEO's not in yet. And then he comes running out of his room and jumps in the hot tub naked. Yes. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yes. And my upline was like super godly. I'm not religious at all. But so I know for her to tell me that she like, it, she didn't share details like that. I remember being shocked when she said it. And I was like, ew. And she was just like, yeah, we thought it was weird. Like he didn't try anything on them, but still that is completely inappropriate. And then over time, I started hearing towards the end of my first company that he was cheating on his wife with a lot of the distributors. And, oh, surprise, surprise. Right. Like it's just these CEOs, I guess, because they have so many millions and, you know, a company valued at so many billion, they think they're invincible. And it's just, girl, it's a Netflix documentary in itself. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really, really should be. Um, so yeah, God, that is so gross. I experienced that sort of stuff too. Like weird sexual jokes where I'm like I don't understand why you think that's funny and right you should like you shouldn't say like why are you talking like this um Mm -hmm. like in even at like events because yeah you know I knew the CEO I knew home office like I I was there all the time like they can deny that they don't know I exist but like I've I, I have emails between us. So, right. I mean, tell me we don't, that I not exist. Okay. Whatever. Um, and I remember like consultants and low level consultants, brand new consultants, or, you know, just people that hadn't been in very long. And they have this like faux celebrity obsession with these home office people because they're oh, on yeah. the webinars. Nobody yes. knows who these people are outside of your company, but it was this really weird, like false prophet. Um, yep weird guru like obsession I love you you're my hero and they like I remember on the cruise they were following these people around like an entourage I mean like what do you need it's like well I think I'm gonna go in the jacuzzi I'll go get you a towel did you need a drink I'll go get you a drink okay sure I'll take a this and I'll take a towel yeah that's cool oh can you get a towel for my boy too cool thanks and then they would sit in the jacuzzi and I'm sitting there next to them and they're like oh my god that's crazy man they're getting us towels and I'm just like what's happening right now see I call them the Tom Cruise oh yeah the Tom Cruise of Scientology effect the Tom Cruise effect the jumping on the couches they think they're like so special and yeah people worship them it's sick like that's why these are called commercial cults yeah so crazy Mm -hmm. so I mean I know you 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 know, we talked about you, you're getting out, you're seeing these things we talked about earlier, like the excommunication, you had a very similar experience, um, leaving. Um, and so you decide that you're going to start speaking out. How long did it take you from the moment that you like left MLM to the moment where you're like, I need to talk about this. So I'm, I'm not sure with you. Cause I know like Lula Rosa are going downhill. And I don't know if you left like right away. Oh, I don't think you did. I think we talked, but you didn't. So I always like to say when people leave MLM, it's a slow burn. It's like a slow death. You know, you, you start feeling not so great about it, but you don't just leave right away because you've built this huge community. You've most likely built a team. So for me, I started, um, becoming 
like I just knew I had to get out. I would say in 2018, the beginning of 2018, because that's when I started having panic attacks, which I never have okay. panic attacks normally. Like that's when the seed was planted. The seed that, got planted and then the roots started to take effect. And you're like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I just was like, I got to get out of this. And so I started distancing myself in 2018. Um, I, my account wasn't officially terminated until 2019, but I was no longer working it. Um, so when you distanced yourself, was that just like, you weren't having as many parties, you weren't doing as many events, you weren't having as many right. sales, you weren't doing as many lives. That's right. I was still, of- I was still selling. I was still doing it, but I was starting to do like other things. Like I taught like a podcast course. Cause I used to have a podcast and, you know, taught people to do that. And I just was like trying to look into other things I could do because I just knew this. I was like, okay, it's, this is my third company. I've also talked with other top one percenters in other companies, and this is not the company. It's the industry that's sick. Spring is in the air. And with that comes spring cleaning, especially those closets. I am beyond guilty of keeping pieces around that I no longer wear, I'm hoping to fit into again, or I just can't seem to get rid of for whatever reason my brain uses to justify the hanger space. But this year, I am implementing the one-year rule and spring cleaning my wardrobe with the help of Quince. As a sponsor of Life After MLM, shopping with Quince is a great way to support the show and get some cute new items to treat yourself once the purge is over too. Once you put your seasonal and holiday items in the back of the closet, it's time to purge what's left and see what can be donated and what needs to be retired for good. It's only then that you can organize your keepers and see where you can amp up your style for the coming year. And that's where Quince comes in. By partnering directly with top factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing, Quince cuts the cost out of the middleman and passes the savings onto us at 50 to 80% less than similar brands which means you can stretch your dollar and save on great staple pieces that will last through at least a few spring cleanings. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. National Voter Registration Day is kind of a big deal. It's a yearly, nonpartisan holiday celebrating our democracy, and it's all about getting as many people as possible to, that's right, register to vote. So why is that important right now? Well, sure, local and state elections may not get as much attention as the midterms or the presidential elections, but there's still a super important way for you to use your voice to make an impact and help shape the future of your community. And one of the best parts Registering to vote is really easy thanks to organizations like Headcount. Get registered there in minutes and you won't have to worry about registration deadlines in your state. And then you'll be ready to participate in all of your upcoming local, state, and federal elections. That really is a big deal. Head to headcount.org 
forward slash Spotify now to register. That's headcount.org forward slash Spotify. See at the polls. How, how many MLMs were you in total? I was in three. I was in Dang. the last, the last two I joined, I joined them at the same time. And within like four months, I quit this one of them. And I just said, I can't do two at a time. This is, this is crazy. And so I just did the skincare and cosmetics for my last one for so almost two what, years. Um, what similarities did you see between all three that made you go, oh my God, they're all the same the cult-like tactics, everything, the toxic positivity, the gaslighting from CEOs um, and the top people, if there's ever a problem <laughs> with customer service or with shipping or with product, you know, being uh, defective, like there was always something. Um, and also just, I also witnessed the top, the seven figure earners in it being miserable and also getting sick. And, you know, their doctors being like, we're not sure what's causing this yet, but we know it's stress. My first upline had to have a blood transfusion. My last upline had, uh, they thought that she might've had rectal cancer, um, or, or Crohn's disease. They weren't sure, but her doctor was like, this is definitely stress. And I just realized it's this never ending rat race and chain. There's no, there's no freedom. Like you never get to stop. That freedom is a myth that they preach. Um, And I also got really tired of just the toxic positivity of like, no, you can't be negative or, oh, if you post in this group and it's not positive, you know, even if it's just critical, like, Hey, um, I, this went down customer service. It's really bad. I lost a customer and like, I'm pissed off. (laughs) Like, no, that wasn't allowed. They would delete the post. And trying to live under that guise of perfection is soul draining. It is soul draining. You know, here's actually a really good example of something I witnessed literally like last night and the night before, I think on TikTok. So um, my friend, Jessica, who's been on the show, I think, you know, Jessica James, uh, she was on my show uh, and she's on TikTok as well. And she tagged me in something mm-hmm. and it was this girl who was crying. Um, she's a sensi rep. And she was like saying, Sensi, you need to do better. Um, you know, I ordered all of this. I guess there was a stitch release or something that just came out and she had mm-hmm. pre-ordered, which is something, you know, she had pre-sold, which is something you do in MLM when something limited edition comes out, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's what they tell you to do. And then when it doesn't work out, they go, well, you shouldn't have done that, double speak. Mm-hmm. So she had done this huge pre-order and sold like all of it and had a $2,000 order that she was going to put in. And she's on the website. She gets it all in. She goes to hit send, but of course the website crashes, which is something that happened to me all the time in LuLaRoe. I'm not sure if that happened to you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But it's, it happens in all of them and it's not on accident. Um, and it crashed and she, her cart was emptied and she got kicked back and she got put back in the line and it was like a 30 minute wait or something. And she was rightfully upset because if this is a business that you believe is a business, and again, it's not a business, but you believe it's a business, then you should be getting, you know, actual help for these issues. Mm-hmm. And instead, what she got was this disgusting vitriol in the comments from other Sensi reps that were <gasps> like, um, you should know that this is how it is. It's not the company's fault. It's not our fault that you ordered all this stuff and couldn't get it. This company is amazing. <laughs> I mean, just went off. And there's this one girl. 
And I'm going to link some of her nasty ass videos in the show notes of this, because you guys need to see what a toxic culty hun looks like. This mm-hmm. woman decided to make reply videos to like every single comment. And I saved <gasps> some because I'm going to make anti-MLM TikTok videos out of them because it's just great, but just disgusting. And so I reached out to the girl originally mm. and you know, you reach out to people and you just want to be nice and you don't want to, I knew that this was the moment that there was a little crack that I could plop a seed in. I saw this True. as I can plop a seed and maybe it will take root. True. And I said to her something to the effect of like, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. I'm sorry that your quote unquote sensey sisters are treating you this way in the comments. This is not your fault. You are not alone. Please listen to my podcast. I think you could get some really good takeaway. And I, and I linked the podcast and she liked my comment and then she followed me and I was like, oh my God, the seed took the roots are growing. I was like, oh my God, this has never happened so fast. I was so excited. And then she liked and commented back on a couple of my comments. Cause I commented oh. on different videos. There was one where she had collected herself and was like, look, this is what I'm saying. And this is not okay. And I, again, I commented and I was like, this is a pattern. This is not a one-time thing. You know that I know that. Um, And I hope she's listening right now. Uh, And I, and when this comes up, this would have happened weeks ago, but I hope she's listening to this. And she's like, yep, that was the moment that I realized MLM was not for me. See if I was her and, and since he had been my first company and that happened, I would have thought, well, I'm just going to find a new company where people are nice and they have their distributors best interests at heart, exactly. but no, it is the entire industry that is like this. You cannot mm-hmm. criticize the company you can. And that's the thing as you get bigger, like as your team grows and you move up any mistake that happens, that is the fault of the company. It falls on you. And then you have, you are the one left to explain it to your team and tell them about all these changes. And it is exhausting and you can't take breaks either. Let's be real. Because I remember trying to take just like two days away from the computer to where like, I want to answer messages just for two days. And I'd come back to a plethora of messages and people being like, Hey girl, are you okay? Do you need me to check in on your team for you? Where have you been? been your team's worried oh. two days and your team's worried I mean it's never ending fun. because it's all emotional hype ending. you know it's all 100%. everything is built on emotional hype and so if anybody gets a whiff of doubt and thinks that maybe you're you're having doubt about this their upline then the whole deck of cards crumbles it right, just you falls. gotta nip that in the bud quick quick mm-hmm. here's a cookie go sit on the bench everything's mm-hmm. fine I'll look into it for you, girl. Don't and that's like exhausting that. to try and keep exhausting. up that emotional hype nonstop. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was incredibly exhausting. Um, I, I think it's so interesting that you were in three. I was in three. Most people, I say, uh, the average, it seems, is between three and five before people go, wait a second. Oh, my God. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. not the asshole. The common denominator <laughs> It's multi-level marketing and this, you know, so I almost joined one other company. (laughs) It would have been a fourth company and I had like ordered product and I remember, so this is, you might find this interesting because you probably had similar experiences. I remember talking with the, once again, I reached out to the number one person. Okay. And I like, I was listening to things. She had added me into her private team group, you know, just so I could get a feel how her team worked. And she knew I had been in the top 1% before. And I was she not was like, ha- Ooh, she's <laughs> like, 
This is <laughs> this is my payday right here. If right. I can convince her to join, she'll convince her team to join, and I'm going to get the fattest bonus check ever. Right, right, and which is sad that that's how you everyone is somebody to recruit. And yeah, if you know they've had any success in MLM, oh my lord. And so I I went in there, and you know. I, I just was honest with her about all my skepticisms and everything I had seen in the MLM industry, but my emotions was still like, well, maybe, maybe there's a good one, you know, like maybe you really can find that community that's truly uplifting, but my head would be like, bitch, wake up. No, like <laughs> you, you know better. They're all the same. So I'm checking You're out like, this trigger, company. Trigger, trigger, twitch, twitch. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And when I had left my first company, because there was a mass exodus, like there always is. And one of the girls who had left, she had not been ranked high in the company at all, but she went to this other company that I was now checking out and she, they were brand new. She blew it up. Oh my gosh. She became a millionaire earner. They sent her on all these amazing trips. They sent her to Dubai. Like it looked, her pictures were stunning. And I just remember like following her and being like, wow, she's doing so well. And then my last year, when I was starting to phase out, I noticed her posts started getting a little dark and she would stop showing up. She would stop posting as much. And when she would post, she'd be like, I'm just going through some things. And, you know, it was always trying not to talk like negatively, but you could, she, she was not to her credit. She was honest. And she was like, I'm struggling, you know, like I should be happy because I've, I'm a millionaire now. I should be happy because I have this huge team. I should be happy because I have this great product, but something's off. I'm like struggling. So you can't enjoy it. Right. So now I'm, I'm thinking right about joining this company and I'm talking with the upline and I, this is what made me instantly all red flags came up and I walked away instantly. I said to her, I said, Hey, can you tell me about, we'll just call her Sally. I said, what's going on with Sally? Because she knew her of course, cause they were in like the top of the top. And I said, I've noticed in the last year, she has not been promoting the company as much. She seems like she's really depressed. She seems sad. And she goes, Oh yeah, she, um, I think it's more of her personal life, you know, but she's not doing as much with the company because she slowed down for a little bit and, you know, you can't slow down at all. Or Brian, our CEO, he just, he won't pay you any attention anymore. If you slow down at all, like he wants people who are go-getters and who just keep going and run, run, run. And she's like, she slowed down for a little bit. And so he was like, nope, like, no, you have to keep going. You have to keep going and helping people. And that instantly, I was like, nope, I'm done. I'm done. And I told her, thank you for your time. I said, you are a sweet person. I do not believe this industry can change. I'm out. Because that's how it is. Wow. That is exactly how no, it is. It, it totally it, is. If you have even like a death in the family, like you need to get over it because that that deceased person would want you to succeed in your business. It's yeah. sick. I mean, I've seen people go live from the hospital room. Yes. Selling leggings before and after they give birth. Yes. yes. I said, you can't just take today for your birth. You gotta <laughs> bring a bag of leggings and go live. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that too. I saw people like odd behavior. Yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. And then I remember my upline in my first company, she looked like Barbie. She does look like Barbie. Um, and she knows that and completely like, she told us, Oh, make your, um, make your social media, like the Kardashians, like a reality show, because that'll draw people in. And 
she had her, I think it was like her second baby and she hired her makeup. She had a makeup artist and hairstylist come in and fix up her hair in this like elaborate, like Elsa braid, like updo thing. And then put on all this makeup and girl, like I wear enough makeup for a drag queen. Okay. Like she had even more than that on and she's in the bed holding her newborn in a hospital gown and took a picture of it and put it on social media. And I just remember it did not go how she thought it would. People were like, okay, this is, this is too much. Like we know you're promoting your life, (laughs) you know, but like, are you really getting all dolled up just to like show it off to people, you know, or are you, it's just too much. It's overkill. My birth photos are a picture of me without a shirt on and the the blankets are covering my boobies and I'm holding the baby (laughs) and I'm drugged out of my mind. So I've got this like smile and I'm giving a thumbs up to the camera. (laughs) <laughs> my first photo I'll find that and put it on the Instagram but yeah there you go. that's what I looked like after I gave birth yeah um, my water broke at like 3 a.m I didn't have time to uh oh my gosh to put makeup on and do my hair I you know like, it's Can just, I pee <laughs> what's it's, happening <laughs> it's just so much it's a lot like and I remember she wouldn't like my post unless they were about the company and like when I was trying to recruit or I remember when I bought my, I no longer have it, but I bought a Mercedes in the beginning of like my third year. And she was like all about that, like liked it and commented, which she she was strategic about that. She would be strategic about whose post she would like, even in the private team group, just to like, yeah, to, to do that, like psychological manipulation to be like, oh, you haven't pleased me today. You better try harder. (laughs) That's, that's, ridiculous that's culty that's 100% a cult yeah um which is segue right into the reason that I even asked you to talk to me today is because you and I every time we talk we talk about this um I refer everybody to um the old the old podcast we did where you and I did the bite model um and I think we talked about the bite model on yours as well but this is something that's so important to me and I don't think that we talk about it enough And I think that we do just really need to talk about it a lot. I agree. And um, so for the sake of this, I'm going to unmute myself so that Josie and I can talk while I am looking on a different website. Uh, So I, I, sorry for the interjections, um, but that's just the way it's going to go so that we can have this discussion. But I have the bite model pulled up on uh, Stephen Hassan's website, Freedom of Mind. You can Google Stephen Hassan bite model. You can go in the show notes and find this. I will link all of this there. You I implore you to go down this checklist and check off everything that you felt uh, you experienced while in an MLM and Mm -hmm. see how many you can check off because it's such a fun game. So Josie, (laughs) uh, you and I are going to go down this again, and we're just going to kind of just share what we experienced like we did last time, but on this podcast. And we should, we should tell people, because I believe under each box uh, where you go down each thing under behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional emotional control. If you check off just four things from each box, yeah, it's a cult. Right. It is considered a cult by global cult experts. Yes, it says based on research and theory by Robert J. Lifton, Margaret Singer, Edgar Schein, Louis Jolin West, and others who studied brainwashing in Maoist who China. <laughs> as well as cognitive dissonance theory by Leon Festinger, Stephen Hassan developed the bite model to describe the specific methods that the specific methods that cults use to recruit and maintain control over people. 
BITE stands for behavior, information, thought, and emotional control. So we're going to start with behavior. Um, obviously, I can't read all of them because there's like a lot. 25 of, oh, wow, number 25 is murder. So Girl, I, didn't I saw that. Experience murder <laughs> in my MLM. That's a little extreme. But um, the Manson cult did. So there yeah. we go. It goes and right let's, in there. And let's remember Charles Manson didn't kill anybody, but he still coerced and used undue influence on people. Exactly. Um, so regulate individuals' physical reality. I mean, Oh yeah. I, I, I honestly, I felt like I lived in a completely different reality where my friends and family were my enemies and my, my sisters in LuLaRoe were the only people whose opinions and thoughts and uh, anything mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that very much. Um, and it's yeah. because you, they're, they're telling you anybody who questions your new business doesn't want you to succeed. They're jealous or they're haters or they're content with their average life. And they don't want you to get further than them because it makes them insecure. So obviously when your friends and family are like, yo, this don't look right. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh, you're toxic. And yeah, you believe that the, these people, this sisterhood, it's they're, they're real. And that you can achieve this residual income that you can then carry down to your future generations is what they tell you. Like it's mm-hmm. morbid. Uh, I'm looking here. Number four, number five, and number seven are fully MLM, which is control types of clothing and hairstyles. Check, check, check. Mm-hmm. Uh, regulate diet. I know you experienced that one. Oh yeah. And financial exploitation, manipulation, and dependence. Oh yeah. So those are very big MLM ones. Right now, just the four that I've mentioned, if you resonated with all four of those, congratulations, you're in a cult. <laughs> Uh, restrict leisure, entertainment, and vacation time. Oh, geez. <sighs> you're not allowed to have a day off. Like you just said, oh, yeah. if you take time off, you're not going to be able to, to work as hard. And the owner isn't going to pay as, atten- as much attention to you. So you're not going to get to be on the webinars or the, speaking at the conferences, blah, blah, blah. And Complete you're supposed to promote, manipulation. You're supposed to promote that you can work your business anywhere. You can make money anywhere. <laughs> like that's not a great thing. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm like, I like putting my phone down. I yeah. like not having to work everywhere. Yeah. I didn't even watch TV for almost six years because I was convinced that, you know, that's what that was where your time was being sucked away. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the average person does who doesn't want to get ahead in life. And I could put that in that time towards my business. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Now I watch so much TV. I love it. (laughs) You're like, there's so many good shows. I can't believe I missed out. Um, major time spent with group indoctrination and rituals or (sighs) self indoctrination, including the internet. Mm -hmm. I mean, when everything is on the internet, even when you're asking questions, you're being told, oh, no, no, don't go see those hater websites. They're just haters. They're just, oh, yeah. You need to just watch and listen to our websites and our webinars and our information that we put out. And I don't know if you experienced this, but I experienced in all the MLMs, you do not take a photo with your product with the brand name facing the camera. You always have it turned slightly away so that they can't Google it and that you oh have, they have to ask, what is that? And then you say, I'll message you. <laughs> I'll PM you, hun. Yeah. Cause you don't want them to Google it and then see all the negative reviews by all the haters. Oh, so man. yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. I mean, some of these in this one are very uh, triggering and very, uh, very extreme. So. so I'm not going to read the extreme ones, but I mean, we already discourage individualism and encourage group think. That's another oh. one that MLM works. Impose rigid rules and regulations. That's another one that MLM does. Um, and let me say with the group think, because that's a big one. And I didn't realize until I had been out for over a year just how damaging that was because it encourages gaslighting because when mm -hmm. you start thinking critically at all and you think something's not right you're told no that's not how it is that's just you and you need to get over it and you're being negative and you feel crazy you feel mm -hmm. absolutely crazy yeah um I completely completely agree with that felt that 100 percent um the i stands for information control i think this one has a lot of multi-level marketing um examples in this one, like deception, uh, deliberately withholding information, distorting information to make it more acceptable or systematically lying to the cult members. Mm -hmm. um, Robert said, let me see if I can find his quote because it's in my little notes right here and it's so fantastic and it totally goes along with this. Um, okay. Of course, no MLM could operate without deception. Deceiving is MLM's core competency and its primary mission is to get people to believe it's lie. So that's from like the pyramid scheme expert himself. Mm -hmm. And it goes right into that deception. It's true. Okay. And it's, I remember, uh, you're not supposed to complain to your team, mm -mm. but they consider complaining, even telling them like real things that are happening behind yeah. the scenes. <laughs> like shipping's taking an extra day. Like that yeah. is negative. Don't tell people that shipping takes longer than expected. They might not want to join. And that's the least, right? Like that's the least of, <laughs> I was like, wait, shipping is taking a day. Is this negative? What? Everything I've been taught is a lie. I don't understand. There's so much secrecy. And I remember like the higher up you get in rank, the more private groups you're involved in. And it's just crazy what goes on behind the scenes. So number two in information is to minimize or discourage access to non-cult sources of information, including the internet, like I was told, mm -hmm. don't look at those websites. Mm -hmm. Don't look at those articles. So the internet, TV, radio, books, art, uh, articles, newspapers, magazines, media, pretty much everything I've done. Um, I'm not supposed to, to look at those for information. Um, okay. Uh, no critical information. Uh, don't talk to former members. Keep members busy so that they don't have time to think and investigate. The Gee. former members is a big one. Oh, you don't yeah. talk to them nope. because... No, they are bad. And I will say, um, and I think it's because the vice doc, like every year or so around this time, they sort of boost it and put it up as it's, as if it's new. Um, mm. I, I made that in 2018. So it's not new, but I'm glad you're seeing it and it's new to you because that's maybe one of the reasons why you're listening to this podcast right now. Um, but as a former member, I was shunned and what's happening now is other former members are seeing that video and going, Oh my God, I was in this. Oh my God, that's Roberta. She was my upline. Oh my God. And they're reaching out to me and they're going, I don't know if you remember me, but I was on your team with so-and-so and Oh my gosh, I just saw that thing you did. And Oh, it's everything I felt. And I feel so validated. validated. Yes. And I said, that's exactly what it is. It's validation. 
Yeah, Ugh. absolutely. And I felt that too with like the, when I came out of the anti-MLM closet with my first anti-MLM video, I just knew I was like, I'm going to be hated for this and I'm going to get so much hate and I got to be ready for it. And then I got thousands of comments of, people's sh- of people sharing their stories. And I realized it didn't matter where we were in the pyramid, whether somebody was at the top or bottom, we all experienced the same cult-like tactics. Absolutely. And it was, it was just like you said, validation. Um, so number four is encouraging spying on other members, which was definitely something that, um, when I was in, I was actually asked to do this exact thing by my upline. So there was a girl who had left a couple months before me and had started a website and was sort of one of the first lit whistleblowers, um, and was st- starting to ex- expose things, um, about LuLaRoe and starting to be like, this is what's happening. And I talked to this person just like we're doing now, but she was one of the first ones. And I was told by my upline, um, can you go check out this blogger girl? And I was like, why? And they're like, well, you used to be a blogger. So you would know if that blog is like a real blog. And I was like, any blog is a real blog. Like, I don't understand. Okay. So they had me like, go and read her blog. And they shouldn't have asked me because I already was feeling this way and reading her blog validated my feelings. But I still went back and said, well, you know, I don't know. A lot of the stuff she says seems a little crazy to keep them, you know, from, from like asking me more about it. I said, I don't know. You know, it, it just looks like a personal hobby blog. It doesn't look like she's a professional blogger making money or anything like that. So I don't know. And they're like, okay. And then every day from that moment, I checked that blog every day. Anytime there was a new story, anytime there's a new rumor, anytime there was a new article, I was reading it. I was reaching out to the people that I knew I could trust and being like, did you hear anything about this? Um, but wow. Yes, I can't believe they asked you to check uh-huh, in with that. 100%. Like not even just my upline, but her upline as well. Can you go check on this and see if it's, you know, if what she's saying is even legitimate. Wow. And 100% it was legitimate. I think a lot of the things she said might've been uh, exaggerated or something. I don't know. I, I have a hard time. Um, with, with all of what happened and, and knowing what happened, I read that stuff and I go, yeah, that, that probably exactly happened. But then sometimes I read it and I'm like, there's no way this was happening. But again, maybe it wasn't exaggerated. Maybe it was all 100% true. I have no idea. All I know is they sued her for what she wrote. Um, and they, they haven't done that to me. So I don't know, but yes, 100%, I was encouraged to spy on other people, to, to report back to people that had left. Are you still friends with them? What are they doing on social media? Are they talking about us? I said, no, they're not. <gasps> okay. Can you just check in? Like, if you see anything bad, Oh like, my really, gosh. honestly, I thought that was really weird that, that, that I was being encouraged to spy on my friends. And that's why I don't list the names of the companies I was in often because I witnessed when I was in that when somebody in the top 1%, like a seven figure earner would leave the company and go to a new one or just leave it all and like whatever, uh, even speak out at all, bam, hit with a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't want to build this, my life around this any more than I already have. If right. like, this is what it's like behind the scenes, it's, it's vicious. Yeah. I mean, luckily I've never received anything like that. Um, I don't make accusations of the companies. I share my personal experiences and other people's personal experiences and everything has been corroborated either by me or someone else in the cult, or it's so similar that it's like, yep, that happened to me too. So, you know, I think I'm safe in that way. Um, 
you know, I like to tell the stories of the people that got out. I, I don't necessarily want to defame right. anybody. I just, I want to share the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, number five is extensive use of cult generated information and propaganda, Ugh. which happens all the time. Newsletters, magazines, journals, audio tapes, videotapes, YouTube, movies, other media, misquoting statements or using them out of context from non-cult sources. <laughs> it's nonstop with the yeah. info. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like anytime that I'm talking to like one of these Monate Huns and I'm like, you guys didn't win the lawsuits. And they're like, you need to check this website. Yes, I'll give you all the real stuff. And they send me to this website called The Truth About Monate. And who runs that website? Monate. So mm-hmm. I don't want to go to your propaganda website to get <laughs> false information about the company that you're trying to defend. Obviously, everything on that website is going to be pro Monate. And when I went to the lawsuit tab, there wasn't any, any, anything there at all. There was nothing there. So I was like, you sent me to a website that has no information to prove your point. Thank you so much for listening to life after MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti MLM friends as well. See you next time.